0: From Tobacco Republic in Loomis, California, the Loomis Cigar Cartel presents Beyond the Humidor, a cigar podcast for the rest of us. Hey there, everybody. Scott Robinson with you um, on Beyond the Humidor, our 41st. Or forty-one episode forty-one, whatever the case may be. For some strange re- reason, I can't talk this morning, so I'm just gonna hand it off to you guys to see how you guys are doing. I don't know if it's the heat or what, but for some reason, I have done it right forty times prior, and somehow it feels like
1: I don't know. <laughs> didn't stop yet. Breakfast. Yeah, that's true. But
2: the, yeah, the heat'll do it, man. This has <laughs> been we. It has been exceptionally hot in our area. To the point that I don't think either one of you guys have been up to the house since we did the, you know, the remodel, the paint and everything. Yeah. We got a new front door. And along with that new hardware for the front door, which is that antiqued kind of steel look. Oh Oof. yeah. Hot. Yeah. Bitch idea on a west facing house. hmm So bad that my wife put a potholder out in the entry so you can open the door. <laughs> True story, man. I believe it. Oh, man. It scorched the hell out of you with that doorknob.
0: For you guys who don't know it, we're out in Northern California. The forecast today is going to be 112. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the folks in Arizona and um, Nevada are sitting there going, well, hold my beer. I think um, Nevada, Las Vegas specifically, was
1: up to about 114 yesterday. Well, Phoenix is forecast for 120, so... Ooh, that's when you just move slow. You don't go outside, nah.
0: Yeah, I was in Bullhead City, about maybe um, Bullhead City, Arizona, right on the river, and it was about one eighteen or something ridiculous like that. And you could tell when you went outside, everyone moved like snails. Mm It was just like you just move slow. You got that heat bouncing off of the asphalt. It's just like, geez,
1: it's not fun. No, but you know, and and it never used i can't remember heat stretches this bad this frequent um you know it's just it's a weird year it's just drier than normal
2: global warming i wasn't ah. going to say that
1: uh,
0: thanks captain planet <laughs> the power is yours
1: <laughs> but um uh, so, so so before we get too far into it okay last week if you guys were paying attention whoa last week um if you watched last week's episode we had pat nelson on and talked about barbecue well i uh, i found this really great um gift and when i saw it i started laughing and so i bought scott a present as the cape wearing host of the show would you kindly pass that over <laughs> oh, to him God. forgive me for not gift wrapping it but um that's okay i understand hey if i didn't have a wife i wouldn't gift wrapped a lot of shit either <laughs> So, let's take a look and see what Scott thinks of this one. <sighs> you son of
0: a bitch. <laughs> okay.
1: The camera so needs to get, see this.
0: Yes, 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 you yes, You want me to
2: hold one side? Yes.
0: We'll hold it like a flag.
2: Oh, I love that. <laughs> We're making stickers of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Isn't okay. that great? Dude, you're a genius. Okay. I, I saw that and I am I fell out laughing and I'm like oh yeah Scott needs that.
0: Oh yeah, you're getting the Bridgerton box set for Christmas. There oh, we you. go.
1: I expect to see you wearing that in here at least once. <laughs> so it's so it's odd that it turned
2: into uh, turned into gift day uh, this uh, this week because that that wasn't anything that any of us had planned. I don't think. No, it wasn't. We're kind of all on the same page though that if we see something. That we know fits one of us, we typically just get it. Uh-huh. So, oh yeah, you know, it it kind of works out. So, well,
0: speaking of which, um, you and your wife, you guys went on a trip last weekend, and you got us. and I had to show this off because this is awesome. It is a Camp RV kitchen knife that you can use in your RV or for camping for cutting up stuff. You
2: said you cut ribs up with it. Yeah, yeah, weekend. we trimmed down some ribs with it with mine already. Yeah, man, this is terrific. So, yes. It's, it's one of those, you know, I saw it online and I'm I'm looking at it and I'm I'm like, "Okay, price points all right. I read the reviews. I'm like, "Okay, if it's half as good as it says it is, we should be okay for a camp knife." Yeah. and then we got him, and I was like, "Wow, this thing's pretty cool." So nice, yeah. It it worked out. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: thank you. And I might as well since you know gift giving thing, and you had this little thing you got Reno. So hold on here.
2: Yeah. Once again, it's it, when you see something, you know, I'm in the I'm in the process of checking out at a cigar shop that we stopped at in uh, Redding, California, on our way to the coast last weekend in Eureka. And my wife yells that have you paid yet? Wait, wait, wait. I found something. And she comes over with the Oh, Scott's using his new knife. Look at yes. that, ladies and gentlemen. Cutting
0: away from me because I don't want blood on the air.
2: Yeah, and by the way, that was, I had nothing to do with that rap job in case you, uh, in case you <laughs> didn't, weren't already aware. But she comes, she comes over to the check stand with this thing, and she goes, we have to get this for Reno. So here we are. <laughs> it is a cigar. If I hold hold that yes, up, I the am camera. I'm just yeah, yeah. Hang on a
1: minute. There we go.
2: It okay. is a cigar chew toy.
0: <laughs> so what brand
2: what brand is it, Scott? Stogie Fetch Stick. Ah. There we go. A fine brand. And so, it's Cuban. So we get we get we pay for this <laughs> thing, awesome. right? We get back in a truck. I'm lighting my cigar. We're pulling out of the driveway of this place. And my wife looks over at me and she goes, oh, no. I'm like, what? She goes, I just bought a chew toy for a dog that don't have any teeth. (laughs) I'm all, well, it's a gum toy now, sweetie. So... There you go. There's my life in a nutshell, buddy. <laughs> That's good. You know what? When I'm looking at it, it's like, awesome gift. Thank you, and Sherry. But it didn't even occur to me when I'm looking at it going,
0: my dog doesn't have teeth. He can't chew on anything.
2: Hey, man, you get one of them little metal hooks, it's now a uh, Christmas tree decoration. There you you're go. You're welcome. There you go. And multi-purpose. Man, you're full of ideas Hey, today. man, yeah, I'm an idea guy. You know? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so along with ideas. I get, I get tagged in a post yesterday from a friend of mine that still lives in the town we grew up in. And due to uh, uh, a bunch of building and a bunch of stuff going on, they are tearing down an icon in the town that I grew up, a place called the Country Store. It was out on El Camino Real in Carlsbad. My buddy Kevin used to work there. All right. So he throws up a post on Facebook yesterday afternoon saying that the, the Carlsbad Fire Department is going to burn down the country store for like one of these test burn, training burn things, right? Yeah. He goes, I need four or five local guys. We're getting the chicken off the roof. The country store has like a six, seven foot, eight foot, I don't know. When you're a kid, looks like it's 14 feet, right? Of course. Uh, chicken statue on the roof of this thing. And I'm like, dude. You couldn't put up more notice than this, you know. I, I I'm all about committing a felony, but you know, it's grand theft. But you know, you got to give a guy some warning. I'm eight eight and a half hour drive. You know, I will commit your felony with you, but you know, I, I got to have a little more time to prepare. So, needless to say, I wasn't on my way to San Diego this morning to steal a chicken. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. You know, you just kind of (laughs) snitched.
0: Oops. (laughs) He named names, locations.
1: Time frame.
0: You wouldn't have done
2: well in the mob, Sammy. (laughs) You also don't know these guys. If there's any chance any of these people, including myself, were to be able to get up a ladder, unbolt a chicken that's seven feet high and carry that thing off a roof i would worry but you know much like greg joining the nba i think there's no chance <laughs> that's just true. saying
0: so three friends trying to unscrew a chicken sounds like a three stooges episode yeah no
2: i'm sure it would be uh-huh. you know because i i'm aware of some of the people that would be involved and you know we would have uh you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't accomplish that any better than some of the crazy stuff we tried to do when we were younger. So,
1: you know, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. So, Scott, we enter the month of July. Yes. And unfortunately, today decided to record this broadcast on the surface of the sun. So uh, maybe we should give our uh, solar cigar of the month this month. Well, let's talk about
0: it. So for this one, sorry, Larry, this is box pressed. <laughs>
2: That's all right. You know what? Uh, the 2012s, I, I'm okay with. I, yeah. You know, I like I, everybody knows, if you've listened to these podcasts, I am not a big box press cigar guy. However, Oscar makes an excellent line of box presses. All of his 2012s are just great cigars, and this is no exception. Um, our cigar of the month this month is the uh, 2012 Candela. Yes. And uh, – I'm smoking one right now, and it is a great stick. As a matter of fact, you were the one who turned us on to it when they came into the shop. Yep.
0: Him and Bob. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I like Barbara Poles, and I gave this one a shot. And the combination of the Maduro and Candela Leaf burning that um, simultaneously gives you a real rich flavor. The Candela itself is a mild flavor, of course, and, you know, Greg... Not quite his favorite. You know,
1: it's like hints of grass for him. But Well, now, the Barber pole, though, that cigar I like a lot. Yeah. A straight Candela like I'm smoking now. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about
0: the cigar you and I are smoking, too. But as far as the 12, and I've had several of them, um, the 2012. Hey,
1: gesture to the box. It's in front of you. Um, oh. Thank you. Yeah, uh,
0: nice of nice White there. Yeah, um, Yeah, if you wanted to get up and do that. But that's more home shopping network. Let me pull the wide
1: shot if you're going to do that so I catch Larry's and my face as you do that. (laughs) That's
0: a tough crowd, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I left my evening gal at home, so that shit's not going (laughs) to happen.
1: But, you know, that one came out, um, I believe it was 2019 at IPCPR. Mm -hmm. You know, it was an immediate hit when it came into this lounge, and it's become one of the favorites for most people in here. I mean, they go through a considerably large amount of boxes every month. That's very true. And the
2: difference on this one and some of the other barber pole stuff that you see out there that are wrapping with Maduro uh, this wrapper is a San Andreas Mexican Maduro. so you're gonna get a little bit different flavor if you haven't had something with that type of wrapper. Now the binder is still Nicaraguan and the fillers uh, Honduran and Nicaraguan, but that that San Andreas, is just a little <laughs> what the hell are you guys doing? no nothing continue uh, yeah that, please. that San Andreas is just a little bit different flavor, especially mixed with a candela so even if you're not a maduro person, you've never tried a candela uh, this would be this would be a good just one off starting point for you for yeah, sure
1: I think I have to agree with you because it it depends. You know, Candela, I know we're probably jumping into our topic a little bit more, but the Candela was a, a fairly popular cigar um, when cigars first came into the United States. But nowadays, it's it's almost unknown. There are a few people that like it, um, and they do sell, but... You get your Connecticut Broadleaf is now your typical light cigar.
0: That was something that happened during the 80s, and we'll get into that when we talk about Candelas. I want to touch upon a little more in the 2012 and also the um, Arturo Fuente 858 anniversary that you and I are smoking right I'm now. I'm going to let
1: you talk because I don't know anything about this cigar.
0: Well, this one, um, I came across yesterday. I was looking for different Candelas, um, to smoke for the podcast today. One of my favorites, by the way, is the Illusion 88 and Candela sensational smoke. Um, Dion, I, I, again, I can't say enough good things about Illusion and the 88, um, you know, Maduro as is, is great, but the Candela is sensational. Um, so this one I came across is the Arturo Fuente 858 Anniversary. Um, it is um, a 6x47. You get the metalness of the candela. Um, you get sensational Dominican um, binder and um, filler along with the candela leaf. And it's a very smooth smoke. Now, Candelas, different candelas have different tastes. You would think, you know, a candela's candela, it's grass or whatever, but somehow a lot of the cigar manufacturers who are hand rolling these candelas, they are getting like just different taste out of them. And this is no exception. For instance, 2012 integrating with the San Andreas Maduro, uh, Mexican San Andreas Maduro brings out a unique taste. This candela brings out another unique taste. Now, when I smoke this, I'm not getting
1: grass. No, oh, what about you it's almost more of a green tea than you know fresh cut grass is very stout very floral this does not have that i it's very smooth it's creamy and it's almost like like green tea is what i what i think i get out of it because it's it's this one you know you guys have not heard this but these guys have when we were talking about this show i detest candelas i don't <laughs> like the flavor it's like green tea ice cream i just don't like it it doesn't work for me but you know, when when Scott said, hey, let's do a Candela show, I'm like, why not? Let's let's at least try it, because there are now three Candelas that I enjoy. The 88, well, anything in Dion's lines in Illusion, the Candelas. Those are all good flavors. They're oh, nice yeah. and sweet. This Fuente is very good, and that barber pole that Larry's got, it can't be beat at all. It's a great stick. So, you know, my opinion changes a little bit. I still don't care for it on a regular basis but you know if it's properly flavored it's not a bad cigar especially in the light category
0: now are you getting a sweetness off of the fuente because i'm definitely not getting a sweetness not necessarily a bad thing it's more of a toast i mean if that makes any sense i mean when we talk about cigar taste and flavors you're going to go to what you're familiar with now funny aside on this When I was doing the research for the episode, I came across a review of a Candela, and someone...
1: Uh, I figured you'd bring this up.
0: Personified the Candela that they were smoking in particular, and I don't want to say the name because I don't want to give a negative connotation to the cigar because the taste profile didn't make sense, but they said it was Rotten Earth, and I just think... What in the hell is rotting earth? Were you a kid who got bullied and people shoved dirt in your mouth? Or you were a paste eater in kindergarten and you had a little dirt on the side with your glue? Uh, But it's taste that you are familiar with. So, and we've said this a million times, when you read cigar reviews, sometimes you got to take them with a little grain of salt because that person's taste is not necessarily your taste.
2: Yes. You know, well, and a lot of times they're writing that stuff for effect. You know, they want to get, you know, they want to get you thinking. So they're going to motivate that by, you know, something innocuous, you know, uh, let's, let's throw this. It's, it's, it's dram dramatic, you know, we're going to, yeah.
0: I don't even think it's dramatic. Like I say, I think it's just relative to your flavor profile. So, what you like to eat, what you like to taste, and, you know, the smoke brings
2: out. This memory of something. Well, yeah. I guess, but we're getting a, I, we're getting overboard on all this, uh, you know, f- flavor profiles. And and, and and that's my point, is that the whole thing about
0: flavor profiles, they're all relative. So when you read a review, don't go by someone telly. Even when I say it, you know, take it with a grain of salt when I say it's toast. For lack of a better word, because you're tasting something and you're trying to put a characterization on it. If Greg smokes something, he's gonna come up with a characterization that he's familiar with. Yeah, Larry, same thing. So, when you read reviews, and you know, if this is your reason to try a cigar, don't
1: let it be a reason not to try it ever. Let me say that because there have been there have been some that you know I read the reviews because I do read a particular famous magazine in in this industry, and um, I've read the reviews, and you read the review, and it's a turn off. I'm like, no, not a chance. But I still try this cigar anyway because, as you said, one person's um, smoke and one person's experience is not going to be the same as everybody else's. Well, it never and it, is. And
2: it may be different from cigar to cigar. That's true. You know, They could they could write the review after smoking one, but after they smoke three or four of them over a course of, of a little bit of time, that could be an entirely different review. Well, yeah. You know, and it's... The, everything's subject to that now, you know? And yeah. I, I go back to, apparently, my palate is simple, much like, you know, many other aspects of my life. And, <laughs> uh, you know, well, what are you getting off of that cigar, sir? Cigar. Yeah, uh, you know, basically tobacco. I mean, you yeah. know, I'm apparently refined enough because I've been smoking so long that, you know, I can break down the differences between a Connecticut and a Maduro, but past that, I don't get a lot of... uh you know, earthy, you know, coconut, whatever. We had that over the weekend with beers. You know, craft beer is the same thing, man. They're getting getting so ridiculous. We stop at this brewery and and the girl behind the counters explaining this oatmeal chocolate wheat stout, you know, with uh, it's finished off with uh, apricot pit and we bring a yogi in to bless the barrel before you know during the fermentation process. And I'm looking at this girl and I'm like, "Sweetie, you realize I could have drank two beers in the time that it took you to explain this beer to me?" What kind of wavy gravy? <laughs> brew, we were did on you the go north, to? We were on the north coast, man. You, no, that explains you it. You see some different stuff, <laughs> but everybody, yeah. you know, I mean, it's everything now. You know what? When did? Coca Cola decided it was necessary to have thirty-seven flavors of Coca Cola. You know, with it, with a possible exception of vanilla Coke, because every now and then a vanilla Coke, not so bad. Uh, uh Coca Cola. Here's a marketing tip for you: either put the cocaine back in it or leave <laughs> it the hell alone. That's the only two options for you at this point. Thank you. You know, it just it's too much, man. What kind of beer would you like, sir? I'd like one that's cold <laughs> and preferably doesn't taste like a cat turd. I mean, other than that.
1: I'm, I'm just curious. Have you had experience on what a cat turd tastes no, I'll like? I'll tell
2: you what, man. Once again, <laughs> you're subject to, you know, what you're feeling and thinking at the time. I've had a couple of rough tasting beers, and usually it, you know, follows the explanation of it was finished with you know apricot pit and there was a yogi that but no 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 i want a beer so same with cigars i want a cigar absolutely sorry i rant no 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 that's okay
1: at least it was you this time not scott
0: wow that's jacked up yeah (laughs) apparently it's my turn yeah (laughs) Yeah, so Yeah, I think Greg was like, yeah, I'll get to you guys before you get to me. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: Sprayed the whole room. There we go.
0: <laughs> well, uh. since we're talking about Candela's, let's talk a little bit more about them, um, a little bit about the history of the Candela cigar. Um, of course, it um, origin of course, yeah, like, you, you know, some people know this, some people don't. So forgive me if I sounded like a jackass. But the um, Candela leaf originated out of Cuba in the 40s, and... It was real popular in the U.S. because maybe the American palate wasn't ready for the really rich um, dark maduros and such. So they got real popular in the U.S. And I believe they were called American Market Select cigars. And they were really big. In fact, um, JFK smoked Candelas. If you look at pictures of him smoking cigars, of course, they're black and white, so you probably can't tell. But he was really big on Candela cigars. I did not know that, yeah, mm-hmm. um, more, most likely from Cuba,
1: and once the you know they ran out of Candela's you name. know the, you know the irony in that What's that he's the one that put the ban in place.
2: Yeah, that is the definition of irony. Mm-hmm. He also made his staff run around and track down as many Cuban cigars as he could before he put the ban in place. That's true. yeah, wild stuff, wild stuff.
0: One of the things I saw that was interesting as I was um, doing the research is the actual creation of the candela leaf. The ma- manufacturers love this, or I should say farmers. Farmers love the candela leaf because it is so simple and so quick to um, make. Because, of course, when you you know harvest your tobacco, it's green. Mm. But they do this deal where they basically flash it with intense heat. They, you know, shut the barn down and they hit it with like first 90 degree heat, then 120, then 165 to the point where the leaf is a consistency of, I believe they said like um, it was brittle like a potato chip. And then they um, put it and, you know, hydrate it. And, you know, it keeps the chlorophyll, which is what creates the green, you know, stays with the candela and it's a faster process than aging the tobacco
1: yeah hmm. it's kind of like when you you blanch <clears throat> green vegetables and then shock them in ice water kind of same concept yeah
2: absolutely so they can turn more leaves through the through the process at a faster speed so more yeah because there's no need more to product age more profit okay
0: mm-hmm. that makes sense exactly now when the um, late 70s and 80s rolled along the connecticut leaf started becoming popular and the candela Kind of faded in popularity a little bit, but then it got a resurgence around the um, late '90s, 2000s, and you noticed that you know a lot of um, cigar manufacturers who um, were specifically into hand rolling cigars versus machine um, making cigars were getting into the game, such as the Luziones, the Fuentes, and such.
1: Well, yeah, and I think, you know, it, it's a it's a different experience. You know, um, as we said earlier, you know, you get the tobacco flavors in the various different regions because they do taste different depending on where they come from. And this one, you know, the Clara leaf or the Candela leaf, it's, it's a unique, um, more floral note than, than I suppose one would be used to when yeah. they're smoking a... A traditional Maduro or or natural cigar.
0: Right. And this is from the DR. So, you know, a difference between a candela leaf from the DR or from Nicaragua, you know, you get some differences in flavor. But the great thing about the candela leaf is it can be grown anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Not, you know, you can grow it in Cuba. You can grow it in the Dominican Republic. You can grow it in Nicaragua. Yeah. It's just very, you know, the creation
2: of it is very versatile. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, if the, uh, the industry realized in the early two thousands that uh, there was a potential for the Candela taking off again, because when the, when you first started seeing them uh, come back, uh, I'd say what, 98,
1: 99, maybe you, I, uh, I, you're talking before I started okay. smoking. So yeah, you're on your own yeah
2: early, maybe even early, as late as the early two thousands, you'd start seeing some Candela stuff come in and it, it almost felt like it was kind of a marketing ploy, kind of an advertising deal to go, hey, look at the green cigar. And yeah. the thing I like about the Candelas is it's, it's a rich enough smoke where you feel like you're smoking a cigar. And I know that might not make sense to some people, but there's some stuff that, that I've tried that is so light that it just, there's not there's just not the 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 cigar flavor there that I'm looking for. it's just it just needs something but the what I like about the candelas is if you're having a meal especially if you're if you're barbecue and you're cooking out um this is a great cigar any of the candela lines that I've smoked because it's enough of a cigar for you to know you're smoking a cigar right but it's not so heavy, it's not overpowering. It doesn't, you know, wipe out what you're eating or drinking.
0: But, you know, that's the big thing with Candela's in Connecticut because the Connecticut usurped the Candela as the popular um, American cigar. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing, and that's the plus on the Candela is that it's a very mellow, um, some people have personified it as a creamy smoke.
1: I get that. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things that I like about Connecticut is the creaminess, and this certainly has it. It has the the only undertone to it, as as I said earlier. And you have to, my opinion, don't take it with a grain of salt, take it with a teaspoon or a tablespoon of salt, because they're not my favorite. But, you know, I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to smoke it and, and give you a fair and honest opinion. Um, but the only difference is I get that buttery and creamy, but yeah. it's very floral. So, you know... If you guys have ever, not that any of you have done this, um, but one of my exes was a tea drinker, and it was always loose leaf. It was never lipped in bags. And, you know, you'd open that tin, and you get that wonderful aroma coming off the tea. Well, that's what you get with these. The smoke, literally, it smells like smoked tea. It's mm. really kind of pleasant.
0: Well, my first experience with a Candela was in the late '90s, and more than likely, I can't remember the brand, but I'm pretty freaking sure it was a machine rolled Candela. It was a little rough. It was that um, description as um, you had described grass. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it was fresh cut lawn. It was yeah, fresh cut <laughs> lawn. Um, it was slightly, uh, it, it was slightly harsh. There was one particular one I was experimenting with a few candelas and like i said i'm not naming names because this isn't necessarily positive but i felt as if and i think you described it because on your recommendation to smoke this cigar you said you got to get through the first third yeah okay that's your warning sign when someone tells you you got to get through like the first third of it and then it really brings it out that makes me nervous when folks say that but it's a fun experiment so i did it anyway And started smoking it, got through the first third, and it was kind of a eh kind of thing. I'm not really, you know, overwhelmed with it. I don't have any really feeling for it. I'm just smoking a cigar. But then I felt a harshness with the Candela to the point where there was a slight burn in my throat. It was just a harshness to it that just wasn't great. It was one of those where it's like, well, and it came from um, some folks who I really dig their cigars, but this is not one of the cigars i would go to again
1: well and and you know it, it because i think let's let me caveat this first not being an expert in candela i think because the fermentation process doesn't really happen that we may not be getting all of the the acidic and the ammoniated notes that you would not expect to see they may not go away so that's and why that's it might true. be a little bit harsher, but, but I mean, not being an expert, that's one where, you know, when we get to have one of the manufacturers grace the, the chair that's non-existent opposite Scott, um, that produces a candela, it would be good to talk to them about that.
0: Yeah, I could go with that. I would also question, would aging have a factor? So once you get a candela or two, or even say a box to let it age for a little bit to see if that would kind of... This one in particular that I'm speaking of, you know, let it sit for a while, six months to a year to see if it mellows out. Yeah, that levels out that
2: that uh-huh. flavor that a little bit, yeah.
1: You know what else I tend to notice, too? When, when I just got it resting here and you got that little whiff coming off of it as it burns, it, it's a little bit of a campfire reminiscence, too. It's not, not the strong... Um, campfire heavy smoke that you expect. But, you know, when the fire is smoldering at the end of the night or in the morning, that little whiff periodically. But see, there you go. As we talked previously, you're a hunter and a camper.
0: and I'm Uh not even making jokes right now. Um, You're a hunter and camper. You went to what relates to you as far as taste and flavor. Everyone's going to do that differently, so you basically fit that aroma into what's relative to your perception. To you. Yeah, your mm-hmm. perception of what's relative to you. Yeah.
2: Hunters and campers, that's the cigar for you. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. yeah. Could be. Mhm.
0: I'd be curious to speak to another uh, another hunter to see, you know, what they think about it. And I'm not and no, not even making jokes here.
2: I'm well, absolutely serious. Yeah. Yeah, everything's relatable to your own personal experiences for sure. Mhm.
1: But you know, as far as as far as candelas, I'd be willing to give more a try. I mean, I know the Illusion line, I really like Dion's stuff and, and his candela is, you know, you were talking about a sweetness. Yeah. That's Dion's. Yes. They have a nice sweet undertone to them. Absolutely. You know, the 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 barber pole that Larry's got, you know, one of my enjoyments on that one is I'm not a Maduro smoker normally. I prefer a medium too full in that range without going into the heavy maduro but the candela wrapper wrapped around that san andreas maduro tobacco really mellows it out and brings it down and it, it it just makes such a great flavor combination
0: yeah and i would venture to say with the san andreas maduro i would almost personify that as a medium and mm-hmm. not a full body no, which, absolutely. absolutely. You know, which is a very good thing. I sometimes I like like a good old fashioned uh, Maduro, like LFD, something strong with some punch to it, strong like Russian Bear, but the uh, Mexican Sandreas, San you know, you get the Maduro flavor without the serious. I mean, you know, just the punch. Yeah, uh-huh. you
2: can smoke that without making sure you've had a full meal first. Absolutely. Yeah. I was unaware until doing just a little bit of research that Camacho has a Candela. I had never seen a Camacho Candela. That's one I want to try. Absolutely, because uh, I am a fan of the Camacho line,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I don't see any way that that Candela wouldn't be good. Just don't see any way at all. No, I hear that. So, you know, Camacho, if you're listening, uh, bring some Candelas up to, uh, to Colorado next month. Please. Speaking of which, we're getting closer and closer to that. Closer and closer. It's coming.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Be here before we know it. Yep. And I encourage folks who are listening to the podcast right now to seek us out because um, Larry, Greg, and I will be there having a good time. Come over. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. Hear what you think about the show and such.
1: Yeah.
2: Topics, show ideas, You know, cigars you want us to try on the show. I mean, hey, you name it, we're open to just about anything. Oh
0: yeah, if you can come up with different and amusing ways
1: to abuse Greg, hey, we're open to that too. Well, I, no, we're not.
0: I, I had to get that one in, Greg.
1: But realistically, <laughs> like the, a Three Stooges birthday. But re- <laughs> the the truth of the matter is, you know, Larry's correct, and so is Scott. You know, we, you know, Scott begs at the every, end of every episode. We want to hear from you. We want drop us an email. Get a hold of us on social media. Tell us what you want us to talk about. You know, we we do this as much fun as we have doing it. We also do it for you guys. So we'd like to to get more into what you guys want to talk about.
2: Without a doubt. So what else we got going on today?
1: Well, I do believe there was a notice about story time with Unky Larry.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, along those lines. I was thinking about that uh, here over this last weekend when we took a trip. Uh, I grew up in a smaller beach community in Southern California. And when I say that, I'm not talking Mayberry small, but it was considerably smaller, more close-knit than it is today. And it's, you know, it wasn't Jersey Shore or anything like that. Kind of like Oxnard, Port Huanimi. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was North Coast, San Diego County. It was just a small, little, quiet beachside community. You know, kind of a neighborhood policing kind of deal. Yeah. So we moved down there in the summer between second, my second and third grade year. Uh, My pops owned a couple of businesses in town. He was kind of a colorful individual. So, uh, you know, fairly well known in the community. And as a kid doing stuff kids do, in a smaller community, there's a certain number of policemen. And you figure out, you know, who those individuals are. Sure. And because of our proximity of where we live to where my pop's businesses were, you pretty much saw the same cops, you know, relatively you know, to what you were doing. So when we'd get in trouble for jumping off the train trestle into the lagoon, you know, you know which you weren't supposed to do, but was kind of a rite of passage and where I grew up, you know, every once in a while a cop would come out. Hey, you know, you guys aren't supposed to be doing that. When we got in trouble for um, uh, digging up and building a dirt uh, BMX bike ramp, Next to the railroad tracks, so that we could jump our bikes over the railroad tracks. You know, we got in trouble for that too. Same cop. Uh, same cop busted me when I rode my lawnmower engine mini bike up to the gas station to fill it up with gas because I couldn't find our gas can. Same cop. So, you know, same cop would get you after curfew if you were down at the beach, you know. And so this would just progress. As you got older to, you know, the different goofier shit that you would do as a kid. So, one of the best things I could remember, this cop's this guy's name was Collins. And to this day, I don't know his first name. But he was a cop in my town for as long as I could remember. And my pops had an interesting way of doing things. He wasn't planning on having a teenager at his, his point in his life. And... So there were certain things that I had going on that he didn't have time for. And if it wasn't school or a school-related event, you were working. You know, me, I was working. So I figured out pretty quick that I needed to do as much extracurricular school activities as I could so I didn't have to be at the shop all the time, right? Right. So summer between my freshman and sophomore year, Summer, you know, training, f- football, spring ball. One day, I'm like, hey, Pop, man, I got to go. You know, you got to give me a ride. We got, you know, we got practice. Yeah, uh, I ain't got time for that shit. Take the car. What? Now, mind you, I could drive, just not legally. I am 14 years old. I ain't even close to having a, even a permit, right? And I preface this by saying that my Pop would drive... Damn near anything. This is a man who grew up through the Depression, so he didn't give a sh- two shits about stuff like that. And at the time, he had a 1978 Monte Carlo. Two-door Landau vinyl top that was powder blue. A land yacht. Yeah. Powder blue, okay? This thing stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> so my happy 14-year-old ass jumps in the Monte Carlo, drive across town, Go to football practice. Driving back, I got a buddy of mine with me because I'm a 14 year old genius, and I'm going to drop him off at his house, which is like way, way a different direction from where I need to be going to get back to the shop, right? Well, apparently I rolled a stop sign. I get pulled over by guess who? Collins, the cop. What are you doing? Uh, So we go through the whole thing. You're not supposed to be driving. Drive this car straight back to your father's shop. Yes, sir. So I show up. Oh, and he gave my buddy the choice. He says, is it closer for you to walk from here to your house or from his dad's shop to your house? Uh, Probably here. He goes, you better get out then, son. So (laughs) my buddy gets his bag, gets out. There we go. So And the plan was I was supposed to be going over to this dude's house after football. Well, I show up at the shop. My dad's like, what are you doing here? Um... Yeah, I rolled a stop sign on P.O. Pico. He goes, really? I'm all, yeah, Colin's going to be by to talk to you later. <sighs> my dad just, and now my dad all like like irritated and shit, you know? I'm all, okay. So I go about doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Sure enough, about a half hour later, cop shows up, talks to my dad, you know? Then I get my ass chewed. Hey, what was that? I didn't want to be doing this in the first place. You could have just dropped me off at football practice, saved us a whole problem, right? <laughs> Fast forward exactly one week, Tuesday of the next week, same shit happens. Hey, Pop, man, I got to go football. Hey, 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 in a minute. Uh, whoa, it's, man, we're getting close. Just take the car. <sighs> All right. So I throw my bag in the front seat, jump into Monte Carlo, go down State Street. Hang a left on Elm, which is the main drag east and west in our town. Got gotcha. you. And it ain't even called Elm Avenue anymore because the town I grew up in is now so bougie and pretentious, they had to change the street name to Carlsbad Village Drive. <laughs> so I'm going up Elm Avenue. I'm in the two lanes both directions. I'm in the inside left lane, and I'm going up, and I, I see the cop car coming the other direction, and I'm like, no, oh God, please no, please no. I look over. Collins, he, he sees me because I'm in this powder blue Monte Carlo, right? And the look on his face is just like, are you kidding me? So I just put my turn signal on. I move over to the right lane. I pull in the Bank America parking lot, shift the Monte Carlo into park, turn the key off, and that's the last thing I remember is an arm coming in the driver's window, grabbing me by the collar and jerk my ass out of that Monte Carlo through the window. Left the keys in the car, my football bags in the front seat. He tosses me like a rag doll into the back seat of his cruiser, drives down, it's like <laughs> 16 blocks to my pop shop. Parks sideways in the front of the place and gets out. I can hear him. Jack, how many times do I have to have this conversation? You cannot let that goddamn kid drive that car. Yeah, and they talk for a minute, and then out they both come, and he opens a back door. And I get out, and my pops is pissed at me. You know, <laughs> like I'm, you got to be kidding me, man! I might as well be driving an ice cream truck with a fucking music on. How in the hell <laughs> am I not supposed to get caught? There's seven cops in this town. What do you want from me? And it just it, it just progressed worse and worse. You know, from the you know, it was always something. You know, you'd see that guy. Uh, he'd be working uh friday night at the football game you know how you doing how you doing officer collins you know he was the one that that busted us when we were water ballooning the float uh, meetings for high school you know you just do the homecoming floats and oh, you yeah. do that shit and they, you'd be building the floats each class would be in some kid in that class's backyard or side yard or whatever and we'd all get you know all the classes that go you know, water balloon, each other, shaving cream, all that stuff. Well, we got caught and Collins. And it's like, damn, man, what shift do you work? Because Every day, I, yeah, all day. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, I got busted, you know, by you at 2 o'clock in the morning. I busted you 2 o'clock in the afternoon. When the hell do you get a day off? Uh, but And then because it was such a small town, such a small community in the area, I'd see dude on the weekends – because I worked at a gas station that my dad's buddy owned in North Hill Street in Oceanside. And uh, this was, th- I'm so old, you still had to go out and like key the pump, turn it back, right? You collected money and there was a cash register out on the, oh yeah, it's
1: <laughs>
2: Saturday morning, man. This truck pulls in, pulling a fishing boat, coming on his way to the harbor, I'm sure, to launch his boat. Who gets out of the damn truck? Collins, a cop. I'm like, how you doing, officer? Fill her up, you know? But, yeah, just it was just stuff like that, man. You know, small town living. My buddy and I were riding dirt bikes one Saturday. It was a, it was a Saturday after Fourth of July. We're out in the fields by his house riding dirt bikes. We find a dog. Dog's scared out of its mind dirty matted uh hound dog so we scoop this thing up take it back to my friend's house they're like oh no 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 his mom's like uh-uh she's allergic you're not bringing that dog in here okay so we load it up we go down to my my dad's shop and i go down to the corner market and we get two cans of dog food and we're you know we're gonna wash this dog and do all this shit my old man comes out and he goes the hell are you doing I'm oh man, we found this dog, man. Out, you know. Just he goes, you know whose dog that is, don't you? Like no, no, No. because I we're getting ready to go over to the uh, to the copy store and find out how much it's going to, you know, because this is pre internet, no no internet, none of that bullshit like now, you know. So we were going to go see how much it was going to. Going to be to make some copies to put stuff up that we found a dog right because this is obviously somebody's dog. He goes, well, you know who's the goddamn dog? Oh, it no. can't be. It no, can't it's be. a cop. Colin's a cop. It's his dog. <laughs> son of a bitch got out on Fourth of July. Got freaked out about the uh, about the fireworks. So this is like day four that this dog's been missing, right? and Now the first thing I could think is this son of a bitch going to think we stole this dog, you know? But you know, so naturally, and th- this is what I knew. My pop had some pull, right? and this is before they're getting busted in the uh in the Monte Carlo. I was probably in 7th grade when we found the dog. And this is when I knew my pop had some pull, right? Cuz he goes in and this no cell phones back then. He goes in, he's got the rotary dial phone on his desk and he dials this son of a bitch's phone number from memory. I'm like, "Huh. Now, that I'm in my fifties, I realize it's probably because his kid was such a jackass and was in trouble all the time that he talked to the cop quite a bit. This is why he knew he had, he had his phone number. But, you know, in retrospect, you know, as a kid, I'm thinking, Dad, man, dad's dad's somebody. You know. <laughs> no, the reason Pops is somebody is because his kid is like a derelict and, you know, always in trouble. But so that's kind of a it's kind of all over the place, but that's, you know. That's what it's like growing up in a small town, man. No, I got you. You know, it's just the same cop, every damn thing you do. We'd have to go out of town to get in trouble so we could get busted by different policemen. (laughs) that was kind of cool. You know, go go to Harbor Beach, you know, and have a bonfire on the beach. You know, after curfew, which was 10 o'clock back then, we get hauled in, Harbor Patrol shows up, round up a bunch of us. There was five boys and eight girls. They take the eight girls down to the pay phone. For, uh, for you youngsters, that was a phone that you put money in. You could call home. Uh, they let all <laughs> eight girls call home for a ride. The five boys, they took us to Juvenile Hall, downtown San Diego. We had to call home from there. Oh, man. And my pops was the last one to show up, man. All four of my buddies already done, signed out, gone home. My pops comes walking down, talks to the death sergeant. I'm in that little holding cell thing, my, and you could tell my dad was not happy, man. Not happy at all. Had his Forsham brogues on, and I don't even think he had them tied. I think he had the laces tucked in. He was not happy. He looks at me, looks at, looks at the desk sergeant, says, how long can you keep him? I'm like, what? Guy kind of has a puzzled look on his face for a second. He goes, well, we can hold him 72 hours, Mr. Marlott. My dad says, ah, see you Monday. son of a bitch left me in juvenile hall i didn't even have no buddies to talk to and shit man i'm just sitting there (laughs) you think that would have helped nobody knows the
1: trouble i've seen (laughs)
2: swing low now it was uh (laughs) you know it was but all in all you know i mean it was it was a fun experience you know had a good time you know i don't know what collins the cops doing today i mean, shit, he's. Old man, he mayn't even still be around, but he was a solid dude. You know, he could have, uh, he could have definitely, definitely slammed our, you know, what's in the door more than, more than a few times. Oh yeah, you know, bust us for jumping off the trestle. Uh, he was the one that, uh, he was the first responder. You know, that's the proper term now. He was the first responder to the scene when, uh, when my buddy Brian and I, as kids, everybody took cardboard and slid down the hill. Uh, the grass hill behind that pizza place in Carlsbad, which just closed down earlier uh, earlier this year into last year, didn't make it through COVID. Uh, that was the thing, man. You got a big piece of cardboard refrigerator box, something like that, and you slid down this big old hill. So my buddy Brian, man, we were always thinkers, boy. We, we had plans. We decided that cardboard wasn't good enough for us. We can going to get one of them plastic kiddie waiting pools. So we stole his little brother's kitty waiting pool and went down the hill. Let me be the first to tell you that a plastic kitty waiting pool goes considerably faster with two fat kids in it than a cardboard box, okay? Now, factor the speed to distance. We went damn near clear across that back parking lot and almost hit the back of the building.
1: Okay. Oh man, that's not good. On asphalt. Was there anything left at the bottom of the kiddie pool when you were done?
2: Uh, it, it was um it was a little thinner than when we started, let's put it that way. Oof. But the the one that got us is when we came off the grass the curb and then the parking bumper. <laughs> And both of us, man, square busted our ass on that parking bumper. And it didn't even, it didn't, that didn't stop us. So we hit the parking bumper out into the, on the asphalt, sliding in and finally come to a stop. It was like a standing ovation, but we were afraid, afraid to get up. <laughs> well, somebody that was out at the back of the laundromat or whatever else was in that building they figured we were dead. So they called 911 in a fire truck and, you know, everybody, you know, showed up and we're scuffed up, skinned up, but that was being a kid, you know? Yeah. And cops show up, Collins. Of course. <laughs> and he's he's got this look on his face like, son of a bitch, can't this kid go a week without me seeing him? <laughs> like, no, apparently not. You no. Know? So, I mean, at this point I should at least buy this man a beer if he's still in town, but, you know, so there you go that's uh that's life is uh that's life of Larry in a nutshell right there <laughs>
1: that's one of the best Larry I love it, I love it well larry how's that how's that barber pool treating you
2: Well, I've been running my mouth so much I went out I gotta relight it here, ah, and I'm gonna try to do that without burning a hole in my shirt, but you know we've all done it some of us more than once-
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I did three times in one go, well, you know that's why. You guys, you guys dress typically way nicer than I do. You know, I'm shaped like a pear, so I wear a lot of. Uh, and I'm not. I wear a lot of t-shirts and and uh, and either Levi's or shorts because I got my own gig and you know I know the HR director and he's kind of a prick too, so he lets me do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was me for those of you that don't know. Sure, but. Uh, no man, I I love these Barber Poles. As you know, again, I am an Oscar, I'm an Oscar guy. I like his line of cigars. I don't think I've found anything of Oscars that I don't like. Now there's some that, you know, are a little more go-to for me than others, but uh yeah, this is definitely in the rotation. Um for sure, I do probably probably one of these a week eh, at least. And uh really I'm really happy with a cigar for sure. Yeah, I would call that a treat. I probably do it every
0: two weeks or so, but when I do, I consider it a treat. Um, as far as the um, Fuente, the 858 anniversary, um, great cigar. I'm enjoying it. It's consistent. It's smooth. I'm not getting the harshness on my throat. I wouldn't call it creaminess. It's still a, and like I say, lack of a better word, a toast. It's just very light, nice, light um toasty flavor
1: yeah i i I, like i said at the beginning of the show i don't care for candela's this one could change my mind a little bit if if i could find this fairly regularly it would probably go into my rotation periodically because it's a good solid stick it's not harsh it's got good flavoring it doesn't remind me of freshly cut lawn (laughs) you know so it's it's something that I would definitely do again. But see, that right there, that's the secret. You know, when you see the candela, the first thing you think
2: of is grass, mm-hmm. leaves. And because it's funny looking, man. It's different than oh, everything yeah. else in a humidor. When you, sure. go in and, when you go in and look at, whoa, green cigar. <laughs> and
0: then, you know, a lot of people who have been around and have smoked for 20 plus years remember the old candelas. They were of the grassy flavor variety.
2: Yeah, so, the the originals back in the day were rough, man. Well, yeah, they were <laughs> they
0: were machine made and, you know, you didn't get the handcrafted care that you get now that the big guys are in the game. Yeah, I
1: think that is the truth. And and you know, it's it just it just goes to show with as we've preached on this show many, many times is get out your comfort zone and try something different. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Because I can tell you, you know, there's a lot of cigars, even even here at the Humidor and Tobacco Republic, that I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm going to like this. But I still have to try it. And I have found some real good gems by just going, I may not like this, but let's give it a go.
2: Yeah, and what's the worst that's going to happen? It's not in your wheelhouse and you put it down. Yeah. I mean, it's that's fine, you know. We've all run across things in, you know, everyday life. That it doesn't have to just be cigars. That Hey, that's not for me. You and know,
0: I'll, I'll preach it a million times. Cigar smoking is not just about the taste of the cigar. It's the experience of being with a community, smoking with a friend or a group of friends, and just bouncing ideas off each other on whatever, be it the flavor of the smoke or what's going on with your day. So there's nothing wrong with getting out of your comfort zone and, you know, talking about it. hmm you know, it's something I really dig doing, and I know
1: you guys do as well, as long as well as, you know, folks out there. Yeah. And, hey, you know, if uh, we hope that this show inspires you guys to try a Candela, so do me a favor. If you do decide to try that Candela, head down to your local brick-and-mortar, give them some support instead of buying it online.
2: Yeah, and then, hey, reach out to us. Tell us what you tried. Tell us what you thought of it. No yep. doubt. Because, no you know, as we're talking about these things – we would love to hear what you guys think. You know, if you've seen either this Fuente in your local brick and mortar or you've seen the 2012 barber pole or anything else that we've talked about, maybe your store has the Camacho Candela, try one, get a hold of us, tell us, hey, this was this, this was that, It was good, it was not. It was, you know, We want your opinion on this stuff as well, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to trying to this. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Because I've never had one of these uh, Fuente Candelas either. And just from what you guys have said, man, I can't wait to fire this up. Um, I can't think of a time I've had two Candelas in the same day, but today might be it. Okay. The God honest truth, Dion is not
0: paying us, and he's not paying me, but I'm going to say No, he's not. But, um... If you get the opportunity and you come across an illusion in candela, treat yourself. Because I'm telling you, as far as candelas go, illusion, it's the bomb.
2: Yeah. You, yeah. You, no, gonna, I I, gonna I haven't had that it. I haven't had that one either, and I definitely want to. Yeah.
1: Sounds like a trip to Reno in our future. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Wrong one, but go with it.
0: Ah, that's okay. Looks like my smoke's to the nub and the scotch glass is empty. And Greg hit the wrong outro, but that's okay. It's about that time. So I want to thank our audience out there. And on behalf of Greg, our producer, and Larry, hey, thank you for listening. Check us out at LumaCigarCartel.com and like and share us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and don't be a stranger. Drop us a line and let us know you guys are out there. I'm Scott Robinson, and from all of us here at Beyond the Humidor, we look forward to chatting with you on the next episode. Until then, take care, stay healthy and safe, and good smoke, good drink, and good life. Oh, by the way, we've got an opening for a producer, so, you know, hit me up on littlebisciscarcartel.com. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> we love you, Greg.
2: But I'm Shh.